Welcome to the session. There was once an individual who said, there's peer pressure, but there's also peer priority. Gee, where have I heard that before? (laughs) Where faith and life connect. I think I just heard a whole bunch of people yell amen. (laughs) Yeah, hallelujah, I hope so. A time to explore issues facing the family today. Marriage is about what can I look at inside of me and take care of in me to offer to my spouse a better me. And where it's okay to laugh a little. It is so good to hear you say that, to hear someone else preach that message. It is. Well, again, for years, I've heard you preach it. (laughs) It's finally soaking in. (laughs) Yes, the celebration of success. Welcome to the session on Rise FM. It is time for Faith and Life to Connect here on Rise FM and on the podcast network at risefmohio.com. This is the session, the Thanksgiving week edition. Yes. Uh-huh. I'm Scott here with Tom from Heritage Christian Counseling Ministries, and we're going to continue our focus on step parenting, step families, the blended family today, with five tips for becoming a blended family. So some things to help you succeed in step family building so that you can celebrate success. Yes. Scott, let's go to the scripture for today, Paul's writings in Romans 8.15. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought you about uh, your adoption to sonship. And by him, we cry, Abba, Father. And it's talking about adoption and, and sonship and, and how much our father loves us. Well, he loves the step family too. Right. Give you a peek behind the microphone real quick. Tom prays for us before we start recording. And it, one thing came just into my head as you were praying against the spirit of evil that wants to destroy the step family. It was impressed on me that that same spirit of evil wants to destroy the family. So he thinks he has a victory when he destroys one family. But then when that family tries to reunite through a step family Mm -hmm. and two pieces he thought he destroyed tried to come together to be one successful one, Uh now he's got to try and destroy that. You know, we wanted to simply come against that today and tell you you can succeed. In the name of Jesus, exactly. there, there can be. Exactly. So we're going to be talking from an article from Learning to Respect the Other Woman from Tanya T. Warrington. And this is from a divorced mom's perspective Yes, as I read through these points. So you'll hear us as we kind of talk through this. She, she makes some comments that are in first-person from her perspective. So, you know, we're not saying that Tom has become, you know, a a stepmom here. This is just him (laughs) reading her comments from this article. And I I say that because the very first thing, Tom, the first step to becoming a blended family is to dump shame. That's true, Scott. And as we head into it, the, the, the reason I thought this was so interesting in the first person, when she's talking about what she experienced and now she's heading into a blending family and what it means to have her stepchildren's mom in the picture at times was very uh, difficult. And we're going to talk more about that. And that's got to be, you know, we've never talked about that really, but that's got to be hard. I, I can't imagine that pain yeah. of having the other woman right. around. And, and so like a mom's instinct is to be important in the child's life is to take care of them and nurture them in ways that that normal uh, mothering would take place. 
And to not have that important or be uh, embraced with a child, even though you didn't bring it into this world. Right. Or to have that role subverted somehow. You know, yeah, it's got to be really painful. So let's let's explore dumping shame. Yeah. At first, this lady was ashamed of my title as a stepmother. I worried I wasn't good enough. I repunished myself for my failed first marriage repeatedly. So... There is, <laughs> there's a lack of forgiveness for herself, right? And so when you take anger and you uh, blame, when you blame yourself, it's really, really serious because you're the only one that can do something about that. Is you call upon Jesus or you don't. You don't call upon Jesus to help yourself. You're going to continue in that blame and shame. And so how well will you be able to go forward as a mom? It's going to be challenging. The thing that stands out to me, you know, repunishing myself, you know, not forgiving, you know. And I guess the the first thing I thought of was the, the casting crown song East to West or Psalm mm-hmm. 103. God has separated our sins from himself as far as East is from West, but yet we can't do that. That's true. And so the blame, when we blame ourselves is one of the ways that the grieving process gets interrupted. It's a form of denial in a way because we haven't accepted the fact I did have a failed marriage and I do hurt. So rather than face that hurt in healthy ways and heal through it and maybe go to a divorce recovery group, I just continue to hang out blaming myself. Well, that's the same part inside of a woman that is what drives her as a parent is, and as a mother, that natural nurturing comes from her emotional self who's being bombarded with blame. That's not going to work well. And I seem to remember hearing this last time when we talked about the blended family coming together and the kids, you know, the kids blaming themselves for the split up of the family when it, they had nothing to do with it. And a lot of times... <clears throat> She will have nothing to do with it. Right. You you can't blame yourself for your spouse passing away. You can't blame yourself if your spouse is unfaithful. You can't blame yourself for that. When we look in the scriptures, Jesus showed us two very important concepts, mercy and grace. Where mercy, we're not receiving as much as we should have. Grace is about we're receiving more than we should. Well, if we are going to receive mercy and grace from Jesus, then we ought to also extend mercy and grace to ourselves. And think about how much better life is, how how much better you would feel. If we took a look and research about those who have a high degree of grace in their life or high degree of mercy in their life, the likelihood is we'd find that they live longer, they have healthier relationships, they have more joy, less uh, time in hospitals, and things like that. So it's better off. Yeah, lots of encouragement there. A quote here from a stepmom. I didn't suspect how painful being a stepmother could be. I didn't imagine feeling jealous of the strong influence my stepchildren's mother had on her kids in my home. I sometimes felt powerless. I assumed I would act self-righteously, and yet I was absolutely convinced I knew what was best for my stepchildren, who I'd grown to love. 
I didn't foresee the many potholes on the step family journey. Stepmoms have a great idea of what would be good, but if the stepchildren grow close to stepmom, then they feel guilt about I'm not loving my mom the way I should. Mm-hmm. So it puts them in the middle and in a bind. And that's where we talk about step families are about building relationships over a long period of time. Well, maybe the child's not in a point or a place where they can process, oh, yeah, I can have a relationship with mom and my stepmom. If they're not at that point, then we have to have patience. And it's okay that they're different relationships. Right. Interesting. Okay. How about some hope for stepmoms, Tom? Well, Scott, that would really be good. There is some, by the way. God continually revealed love and forgiveness in response to my fears until I grew to believe that being a stepmother could be and would be a journey made in Christ Jesus. Frequently, I casted all my stepmothering cares on God and experienced his support and lordship over our family. I learned to be honest and open with girlfriends and other step couples about my struggles, giving others the opportunity to be supportive as well. I think what we're hearing is that having a support system around you is really important in general, period, even more so when we talk about step families. Absolutely. Yeah, that's what it jumped out immediately, having, first of all, Casting her cares on God. You mm-hmm. know, it went right back to Scripture, casting her cares on him because he cares for you. And then having those girlfriends that you can go to, mm-hmm. so other step-parents, step-family, step-friends you can go to and be honest about, geez, what am I going to do with the with the kids with this? Or how am I handling this wrong? Right. You know, there's a whole nother, that's a whole nother kettle of fish in and of itself. And maybe one of the, as you said, the most powerful things they can do is to pray about the family and to go before God about the the concerns and not think, well, that's that's the least I can do. Well, no, that's maybe the best thing you can do. It's what you get to do. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. And so, you know, the, the whole idea of a support system around a family is critical across the board. In any context you want to talk about, I think there's value to that. Kathy and I... Well, it wasn't 100 years ago. <laughs> when we came over the mountains in the covered wagons. <laughs> but it was a half a century ago. We had a support system in, in a, a mentor couple. I shared before. They didn't volunteer. We volunteered them. <laughs> Guess what you get to do. And to this day, we still celebrate that relationship and get together and bless their hearts they are regularly putting together a collection of the devotionals that heritage has put out over eight years they read them every day and they print them out and they are putting together i guess you could call it a book or a notebook full of them wow for me because they're they they love us so much they do stuff like that that's pre- that's really yeah. cool. Now, Tom, we're ta- I I know we're still stuck on number one, and here we are over ten minutes in. Yeah, I I'm starting <laughs> to foresee a two week episode here, um, but this is from a step mom perspective, right? So I wanted I want to take just a second and delve into the step dad here. Step mom is having these struggles. To what degree should she bring 
dad into this or her husband in on this conversation about her feelings and maybe her frustrations or concerns. Well, Scott, that's really a good point. She really should. And they should, on their own time and space away from the children, she really should be able to vent. She should really be able to talk about what she would, thinks, what she would like to see happen. And so the, one of the greatest gifts that we can give our wives as husbands now, this is going to sound shocking, Scott. What? Listen. Oh, you said something? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I think that my wife is so excited that I finally got hearing aids. <laughs> now she's capable of looking at me and saying, are they turned on? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Turn them on. I got to tell you something that's really important. We listen first, and then we try to understand well we do understand what they say what is is they're talking about whatever step family issue this is and then it's really important that we validate for them yeah that this is very real for you honey and after that then guys if you can pull this off you're going to be an all-star husband empathize with your wife care about it, put it into words what that caring could be about. And let me tell you, you get that right, you're going to have one wife that's very excited to be your wife. Mm. Wow. All right, so we're talking about five tips for becoming a blended family today on the session. The first one, dump shame. Number two, exercise patience with relationship building. This kind of just goes right off what you just said. True. So stepmoms can have strong feelings of awkwardness and being ignored when a stepchild's drama is discussed by both biological parents. They're like a quiet, innocent bystander to that conversation between bio parents. And they have an instinct inside that they really want to share. And, you know, it's like they they can't fit in that that relationship. They they are not being heard, and that that's difficult. And I would think that would be hard. And the step parents need to be included in those conversations. Yeah, the biological parents split up for whatever reason. Well, you don't have that child all the time now. Step mom needs to be involved in how are we handling this situation if Johnny is acting out at school or whatever it is. You know, that, that's got to become a, uh, an intersection. That's I mean, talk about problems on a communication highway. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a lot of weird turnoff ramps there. And the potential for head-on collisions with the bio mom and the stepmom. That could be a, an accident waiting to happen mm-hmm. because there's a strong desire in the stepmom to be accepted and uh, maybe anger or jealousy against the stepmom from the bio mom because she may not have wanted the the force in the first place and now somebody else is stepping into her place and the stepmom may have been part of the cause of oh yeah the bio mom not being there yeah yeah or or the other way around whichever way that goes but again we want to offer um, some hope for you here for the stepmom stepmoms can feel better scott when they take feelings of unimportant and not heard and reframe them. Reframing them would be that they would say to themselves, I am just less involved 
and I will get my chance to be heard rather than I'm not important and that would be the the uncomfortable and unhealthy side of it. We take that those uncomfortable thoughts and we put them in a positive perspective. I'm going to get my chance at some point. I, I'm just not as important right now in that conversation. I'm not involved with it. So it just helps you feel better. And Scott, let's add this thought also. It, it is easy for a stepmom to feel hurt and not valued when she is reminded that his children are not yours. See, and there's where I, I have a little challenge with that. Because if there's an adoption situation, maybe they are her bio kids, and the stepdad comes in and he adopts, they're his kids. They're her kids. Legally. Legally. Or am I splitting hairs that don't need to be split there? Yeah, um, you might be because... I'm looking for a fight I don't need to look for. Well, yeah, yeah, maybe. Uh, So, but let's see if we can process and sort that out, that with the dad, he's going, yeah, you know, I signed those papers for a reason. They're my kids. But relationship building may have a whole different thought there. Has he earned the trust to be there? Have they developed to a point where they have a relationship? They can go out in the yard and play catch. They can go to a ball game. Those kinds of things have to happen. But, you know, we can have the letter of the law and be very frustrated. So it really is something that that relationship, which is what we're talking about here, relationship building, is something that really needs to happen organically rather than dictated. Right. You will now be my son. Yeah. And the son goes, really? Watch Uh, this. uh There's the microwave approach. (laughs) (laughs) That's very true. We've talked about that, too. The step family building is a crock pot, not a microwave. There we go. Yeah. Yeah, this is the this is the roast you're putting in before you leave for church and hope it's done <laughs> when you get home from church. Yes, yeah, my yeah, mouth exactly. Will be drooling for it all through church. So, in the session today, we're talking about five tips for becoming a blended family. The first one, dump shame. The second one, exercise patience with relationship building. The whole crockpot, not a microwave right. idea. Yeah. Number three, accept your imperfect family. Accept the reality that the stepchildren will be conflicted with getting close to you because they feel guilt because she's not my mom. He's not my dad. Yeah, you touched on this a little bit earlier, the right. idea that you're going to build that relationship, but it's never going to be quite the same. They may be able to get to like an aunt niece kind of relationship and easier and maybe as adults that will be even stronger then but it's a marathon not a sprint right and and maybe this is more of a um depending on the age of the kids thing because mm-hmm. this would be you know if the kids are two or three you've got more time to build that relationship mm-hmm. and over time that by the time then they get to be teenagers that that relationship is better built than if they're already 12, 13. Right. And here comes stepmom. Right. For one who's a two or three year old and, you know, 10 years later, they've had the same stepdad. They're capable of saying, well, that's all I've ever known. And he's the only one I've ever really known as dad. So they're going to have a much better chance. Right. I mean, yeah. whereas a, a kid that's already a tween or a teenager has very firm memories, mm-hmm. and they're not going to want to forget them most of the time. Yeah, in many cases. See, yeah. my my problem's always been when I think of stepmom, 
uh-huh. I think of uh, Cinderella. Oh, okay. <laughs> the evil stepmother. Yeah. Uh, the Cruella de Vil kind of character. And that's just a, <laughs> that's just an improper image of stepmom. It is. It's not going to bode well for you, Scott, there. <laughs> so that's, and, and I, maybe that's part of our problem in step parenting is we look at those evil stepmoms that Disney has fed to us over the years yeah. or something like that. But how about we offer some hope for stepmom here with you to accept the imperfect family? Yeah. So, Scott, I learned to give us all a break so this this stepmom has decided to give them a break a newly formed step family is a hotbed of emotion and stress so being aware of that can motivate and here's when that picture is in your mind your decision making then becomes much more successful i had to stop expecting instant family relationships so when you begin to have that understanding now you lower your goals or your expectations, and... It makes it easier to celebrate successes. There we go. Yeah. 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 And it's okay for step-parents to celebrate successes together. That that celebration of success is not just a parent-child thing. That's true. Yeah. You know, sometimes I think we forget that. We're so deep in the weeds of the parenting that we forget each other. And the whole idea of celebrating success can facilitate in the family so many powerful emotions and closeness because the celebration can involve something that the whole family can do. We're all going to Dairy Queen because Johnny did well. And I remember you, there was a way you would celebrate with the kids, if I remember, I hope I got this right, where the one that you were celebrating got to pick and then they also got to pick celebration with the other ones for how they did the celebration or what they what they got from Dairy Queen or if the celebration was just them it was like okay now how are we going to celebrate this one yeah and so what we did was let's just say as an example we were celebrating Mandy and you know I'm sure she would have demanded it (laughs) (laughs) that was her nickname back then (laughs) we're going to have to let her on to give her time for rebuttal (laughs) That's true. And and so what we would I would say to her, honey, is it, you can have an individual or you can pick to have your brothers with you, too. But let me tell you, if you pick your brothers joining the Dairy, Dairy Queen party, here's what's going to be powerful. Your stock is going to go up in their eyes. They're going to treat you a little bit better. And, you know, with the guys, too, we, we the celebration was they would design it and we would do it. And, you know, it was about having a good time. And when we look at, you'll like this. If you did a study, and you may be aware of this, of laughter in research, it's amazing the power of what it does in terms of building relationships about healthier emotions, better physical health, better relationships, living longer. By laughter. So imagine in the celebration, just the laughter alone that's going on. And all those oxins and osins and toxins and tosins that yeah. get let loose when you do that. Yeah, are going. Mm-hmm. And it's all that happy juice that makes you feel better naturally. So there you have it, the beginnings of five tips to becoming a blended family. And as we wrap up today, a quick reminder that if you have a topic a subject you would like us to talk about on the session as we head into Christmas. We would love to hear from you. 
uh-huh. you can just email scott at risefmohio.com and say, hey, heard the session. Here's what I'd like you to talk about in December. We we would love to do that. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll even give you credit for it. Yeah. So there, you know, we'll celebrate you for suggesting it. <laughs> yeah. There we go. All right. So Tom, if someone needs to start a conversation, maybe there are some issues in a blended family that a counselor can help sort out and help you deal with. How can they start a conversation with you? Well, Scott, I can be reached at Heritage Christian Counseling Ministries dot com. And also I have added a new certification. Uh oh. I'm a certified life coach, which there's a relationship life coach possibility. And so it's just more tools in the tool bag to be able to help what we're talking about. Very good. Thanks for joining us today on The Session. Thank you for joining us for The Session. You can listen to previous episodes on the podcast network at risefmohio.com or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find out more about Tom Russell at heritagechristiancounselingministries.com.